right, Debello. How you doing? Happy doing fa- great. Happy Father's Day, sir. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, well, I'm not a dad, but somebody, <laughs> somebody I know at this table might be a dad here pretty soon. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> we're going to see how it plays out. I'm over here yeah. ch- checking Twitter, not even looking at what we're supposed to be doing. Oh, yeah, we got the list. We got the list. All right, let's see here. What's, go- what's going on? Um, this week has it was pretty kind of lame. Slow week. It was a slow week. Um, yeah. Not much going on. Um, I think probably one of the highlights is uh, RFK going on Rogan, to be I honest agree. with you. And um, I think that's it's just such a new form of communication from presidential candidates uh, or just people seeking elected office in general. Usually it's just sound bites. They control the narrative. Um, you know, you pop on Fox or CNN or MSNBC and they just, you know, allow you like 30 seconds and they ask you some weird questions that try to bait you into some weird responses um, and then just cause drama. But, you know, when you sit down on something like Rogan and you go for two, three, four hours, I mean... It really gets, you know, you really start getting into, you know, the, the, the weeds. And I think that when a candidate allows you that access, um, it's, I think it's very valuable. Well, we've talked about a number of times with Twitter, uh, the trading of the influences. The candidate, RFK, needs Rogan, really at this point, more than Rogan needs RFK. Um, did you listen to the whole thing? No, I listened to the clips. I, lis- I listened to the whole thing. And... Um, <laughs> I think the first thing you said is the most important thing. It's we just need this. We need this so badly. Uh, before we even get, but in, I am I am going to go listen to the whole thing. I just yeah. haven't had time. Yeah, and this is a Rogan episode. <laughs> so one of the guys that one of the things I would say that helped me to decide to run and like what to run on, like what this country needs, is a guy by the name of Lawrence Lessig. Okay, who's this? And he tried to run for president in 2016. He tried to pr- be in the Democratic primary. He's a Harvard Harvard professor. Okay. And he's big on, like, internet free speech stuff and then, uh, you know, combating corruption, getting money out of politics. And so he tried to run. He didn't make the debate stage. But he said basically exactly what you said, that we need to do this as, as a podcasting type thing. Like, right. people need to get hear these messages on, pod, on podcasts. Right. And so... Uh, he went on there. He had a great interview, taught me a lot. Then I looked him up, got his books, read his books. Um, you know, most of my platform was was getting money out of out of politics because I think that's twofold. A, it combats corruption. B, it helps us actually educate ourselves as opposed to the drivel and kind of us getting, I hate to say it, but less and less smart on real topics or, you know, knowledgeable about the real issues. Right. So, um yeah, these bullshit messages where billions of dollars are invested in us seeing the, the you know, non-educational messaging. Right, right. And so uh, when, when Lessig went on Rogan, I thought it was a huge deal. Then Bernie and Bernie's team, they knew, oh, we need this guy Rogan. We need this endorsement. We need, we need the platform and we need the endorsement because what? What does he get? Over 10 million listeners 10 million viewers oh, i have no clue it's, it's massive number one i think by far for a very long time people are probably wondering sorry to cut you off but people no, are no. probably wondering where we are i'm i'm we're in my garden i'm not gonna turn you around because i don't want to go and mess with the camera <laughs> but there's like all kinds of vegetables over here and this is dill and <laughs> green uh onions over here behind us and this is my herb garden but anyway well, you, you were saying that the platform about rogan sorry man well yeah i mean it's just just like lessig and bernie right rfk um, knows he needs Rogan because if you turn on CNN at 8 p.m. now, apparently they're down to like 300,000 viewers or something 
on their primetime shows. And Rogan, <coughs> and nobody really, I don't want to say nobody, but I bet it's a super small slice of people will DVR whatever the CNN show at, at, at 8 p.m. is. Yeah, nobody's doing, walk, that. nobody's doing that. But Rogan, you don't have, I don't even think you can listen to it live. I mean, I never have. I don't know how to do it live. Everybody just listens to it when they can listen to it. Right. And it's a 10 million plus people. Right. So RFK needs needs Rogan. So uh, I thought it was a great pa- cop. Well, everybody podcast. needs Rogan, to yeah. be perfectly, perfectly honest with you. I mean, he has, a, he has a huge, huge platform. I mean, there's people like Rogan and, and Tucker and, uh, look, they, they turn themselves into not only brands themselves, but, you know, just, I mean, Rogan itself you, is, is equatable to CNN. Like, you say Rogan, it is a network. It yeah. is a platform. Right. It's not a person anymore. It's right. Rogan. You're on Rogan, mm-hmm. right? And, and so, like, yeah, they, everybody needs them. And then that was, didn't um, my buddy t- listen to it as, as well? And didn't RFK say that he is going to run his campaign just by going on podcasts in the Rogan episode? I don't think he said exclusively by podcast, but he talked about how this has got to be the the medium. This has got to be the maybe the premier medium. Right. I don't think he said exclusively. And he's already done Twitter Spaces. He's gone on CNN and some of these other things and, and whatnot. But I think the reality is podcasting, and you would know. Actually, you might not know better than me. But podcasting has been around for a very long time. I did this thing we called the Curse Cleveland podcast with uh, Anthony Lyme, a local sports guy. Okay. We were doing that in like, I swear to God, like 2006 or 2007 or something. So, uh, but again, Lessig didn't make the debate stage. They they played their games. They kept them off. Um, but the point is, people know now. Hey, I'm CNN is there to limit limit my knowledge, not expand my knowledge. And so. Um, all these candidates, if Rogan will have them and, and let them go for three hours, try and question them where they might be wrong, right. you know, because I'm not sure Rogan is, you know, a Howard Sterney or a, uh, who's the guy that runs Bravo, Andy Cohen type of a guy, mm-hmm. as much as I'm here to learn, I'll give you this platform. Right. He, he comes in with a, a curiosity that, um, yeah. people don't really, it's not like a gotcha moment. It's not, they do research and just, or oppo research to try to slam them with something. Right. It's more of a curiosity. Let's just get the guy to talk. And to be honest with you, if you get, let somebody talk for long enough and you are going to, they're going to either bury themselves or they're going to, um, you know, you know, raise themselves up, you know. So if like, just let the guy talk, you know. And so if he comes out as, you know, somebody that you don't like, you know, you, you'll eventually get there with hours of conversation. For sure. I, I, I know I've still, you know, <clears throat> I'm this guy who I don't care if you really see me naked. I mean, I. I, oh, wait, 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 wait. It's family show, sir. Family show. I, I, but I mean that in two ways. I mean, A, yeah, I <laughs> no, may I take my saying. clothes off during karaoke, but B, I may let you see how ignorant I am on a topic. Right. I don't mind. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't mind either. Yeah, you know, a lot of people just, you know, when you're on the campaign trail, though, you do put yourself into a persona, into a, into a role. And, and after a while, um, if, unless you make that persona a role, like, who you are or it is you i mean and that's one thing i always tell people when they ask me like oh i was thinking about running for office and you have any advice it's like make sure that you are being authentic because if you have a chink in your armor people will see through it so just be authentic so you don't have to deal with like being a persona you know yeah yeah and so like a lot of people do go on stage and be this persona persona or run for office and be this persona and like again the three hour window you can't keep you can't be on for three hours eventually you're going to break it through and it's going to be like, oh, that's the real guy, right? 
And, and if you are authentic through the whole time, then you have no issues. You know, we'll just see who you, who you are for who you are. Yeah, and I think RFK is straddling kind of a narrow line where he, a lot of times he's kind of authentic and he says, I don't, don't, I, we need to do more research on that. I need to do more research on that. A lot of times he says that. Other times he says, I know, right? I know on vaccines. I know on nuclear energy. I know on oil and gas and wind and solar. Um, I know on my uncle was anti-war. I know, you know what I mean? So, so he's doing a little bit of both. I, again, to his credit, to all the candidates' credit, even Biden and Trump, who I strongly dislike, um, you know, when you put yourself out there, right? I mean, we're, people are making fun of Joe Biden every day, right? People are making fun of Trump for six, seven years straight. Uh, it is hard to be right. a candidate. Yeah, so to his credit, thank you for doing the, the, the three-hour interview. I hope Marianne Williamson, Cornell West, DeSantis, all these candidates get the three hours to, of course, they're trying to guard where they are stupid, where they are limited on. Of course. But they're also trying to show you, I'm trying my best. Yeah, um, I, I, I kind of like with um, Elon and opening the spaces up with DeSantis, and then you know he did it with RFK last week as well. I just hope that all these people with platforms um, make it publicly and transparent to have people know that it is open to anybody. And so, if we do not see DeSantis, or if we do not see Trump, if we do not see you know whoever Asa Hutchinson come onto these platforms and use the platforms, then we know it's their choice. You know, I, I, I would hate Rogan or Musk or somebody to be the... Um, Gatekeeper. Yeah, exactly, of them coming on. I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to have that guy on. Right. Like, if you're going to start this, this uh, you know, down this path of having presidential candidates on, in, you know, get the invite out there to everyone. Everybody who's polling over, let's say, 2% or something, you know. We've got to get everybody on there because there's just how many... Like 500 people registered for president right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, I would completely ag- uh, agree on that because, you know, I'm not um, much of a listener of Rogan. Uh, I have friends that they live and die by him or whatever. But uh, I listened to the Lawrence Lessig one, right? It meant a lot to me. It made me dig deeper. I listened to this RFK one. I know he did two guys on back-to-back episodes where one was like, hey, global warming, the earth is going to burn up in 12 years. The very next episode, give them two, three hours. Very next episode. Hey, global warming is kind of a thing, but here's the pace it's moving at. Here's what we are doing and can do to combat it. And you don't have to worry about uh, combusting in 12 years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So um, that's why Rogan is so popular because people want to learn about new topics or they want to hear somebody that they already support that they know on a topic goes on there right and and you're excited about it you get to see this mma right rogan's a big mma guy yeah he has a lot of mma guests on and comedians right all of us like comedy has a lot of comedians on and so people enjoy it he you, you can't i mean he said he got like two million more subscribers when cnn attacked him on the um whatever the drug was right that he took when he had covid and they tried to make him out to be a you know a whack job, even though him and these MMA guys they take their physical health extremely serious, you know. So uh, CNN has lost uh, the people, if you will, and Rogan continues to gain the people, and I think he deserves it. I think he's earned it. 
what do you think um is there anything that uh rfk said that what you were like oh you know this was this was noteworthy i think <clears throat> i mean he said a lot i think the biggest thing was uh, about his uncle in the cia and then vietnam and cuba and the um, cia just using it making sure that there's a pipeline for uh, military engagement globally you know so we can always keep fueling the military industrial complex doesn't it, it it seems to check out to be honest with you um <laughs> um the reason why his uh uncle was killed i thought that was very interesting um at least from his perspective why why he was killed um and just so everybody know he says that you know, uh, john f kennedy did not want to go into vietnam uh ordered anybody who was there or american troops or any kind of a government worker to get out of vietnam the cia did not like that the industrial complex did not like that after he signed um a um, an order to get out of Vietnam, and um, well, a month later he was dead. I mean, in there, he also spoke about like how he didn't want to go into Cuba. He just knew that the industrial complex, the generals, the CIA was lying to him to force his hand into something that he he didn't feel was that America should be part of. And so I thought that was super interesting. What about you? Uh, didn't buy it. Um, you didn't buy it? Yeah, I mean, I I. I I think there's a lot of evidence that JFK, um, you know, was was making the military-industrial complex money. wasn't wasn't the opponent that RFK is is putting him out there to be. He's saying he sent like workers and humanitarian workers to to some of these countries. I think they sent armed military. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So. Um, it's okay. I mean, he, again, you have to pick through what Team Biden, Team Trump, Team RFK uh, messages uh, about who they're trying to get on their side, whether it's cryptocurrency, vaccines. I think when you asked the question, I was going to go you know, to the vaccines because he went, I feel like half of the interview was about me and this team of doctors. You know, I'm an attorney, but I've been working now in the public health sector for so long or whatever um i think on a broader level having a medical establishment um kind of a financial establishment energy sector where we're not all that educated i I'm, i guess i can only speak for myself but terminology's tough right i'm not a doctor or a nurse mm -hmm. um i can't call that stuff out i can't say he's right i can't say he's wrong um, some of the things he says do make a lot of sense to me, right? I got three vaccines. My kids got 72 vaccines. You know, um, we were the worst country with health outcomes in COVID, right. you know? So I wish I knew more about vaccine science and, and yeah, just public health science and stuff like that. I, I, I believe he's an environment, most of his career has been spent in environmental and he's picked this up you know over the last I, he, he might say 20 years but it seems like five or ten well years. i mean you don't have to be an expert to just see the, the the patterns of vaccines i mean vaccines have helped people you know globally i mean and to say that they don't is just i think ignorant um look we, the globally we have you know longer life expense, expectancies when you have access to health care um you have uh there's diseases that you just don't get you don't kids don't die from whooping cough anymore you know um so i mean like yes it works it works i think what his whole thing is and i think that people i think that he's doing a poor job at explaining his his position on vaccines because this is how i understand it is that he 
he he knows that vaccines work. He doesn't like the um, pharmaceutical complex and the leverages that they put on, like, say, the FDA or anybody sure. else to get their drugs into circulation. Um, and he also doesn't doesn't think that they're really transparent with the science that they know that they're not telling people that could be, you know, um, repercussions of either a delivery method or a certain chemical composition and so on and so forth. So I think that's his major issue. And, and to be perfectly honest with you, when it comes to corporations hiding the truth, it is a it's a thing, right? Oh, yeah. We're just, uh, it just came out the other day. We knew that these uh, PFAS or whatever that were, um, you know, uh, were very, you know, dangerous to to, to humans. Um, but it just came out that the company ha- has known this for decades. And it's like, oh, we know this, but they knew this. They did the research, and now they're lying to us, you know, this whole time to try to. And we just see that over and over again. So I think I think for him, it's more, more so the skepticism of the connections between uh, pharmaceutical companies, the government, the pipeline to get which drugs into it, the lack of transparency when it comes to or the lack of willingness to stop research or change research or change chemical compositions if you find that there is any effects or whatever uh, that are negative to human health. And But vaccines are good, and I understand that. Um, and- yeah, I think he said numerous times, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I myself take vaccines. My kids take vaccines. But since, I think in this interview with Rogan, he was saying like since 1989, they laxed the testing uh, capabilities and you can't sue them, right? They've, right. They've, they've fought so that they have immunity from, immunity from liability, you know? So when you see the opioid epidemic or something like this and you know these corporations are- oh, That's a great example. Yeah, they were just pushing oxy down people's, uh, people's throats for so long there. And then we're like, oh, what happened? Why is everybody addicted to opiates? Well, and now we have the synthetic one, fentanyl, coming out that's just, you know, devastating everybody because of its potency and its uh, addictive qualities. It's just, it's, it's insane. Um, yeah, so I, I think he's going to, but as people who we see things as black and white, we're, you know, kind of dualistic thinkers, he's now taken the crowd, right? The crowd that, you know, they're not, they're erring on the side of not getting vaccines anymore or just saying everything's corrupt. You know, um, the, the big um, Pfizer is corrupt. They're trying to kill us all, you know, just to turn profit. He's taken that group of people, right? That maybe they had a family member or a friend that, that died of, of opioid, you know, something like that. Somebody's two degrees removed from somebody that passed from opioid epidemic, which in Ohio is very big. Ohio might be like the third biggest state. Southern Ohio is like one of the most populous places for damage done via the opioid epidemic. And so big pharma, you know, Pfizer and these companies, they certainly have captured agencies, which he speaks well about, you know, but my, my thing personally is, hey, big money, you know, whether you want to call it oil and gas, uh, whatever the industry has captured all of our politicians for, for quite some time. And so he's kind of extending that to the regulatory, um, Sure. Yeah, the regulators. <clears throat> sure, absolutely. I mean, and we and we do know, and this is why I think that we should. Again, he's doing a horrible job of communicating. I think his real um, intentions when he talks about vaccine, because everybody's saying, "Oh, he's just an anti-vax loon," um, and I think that that's just his problem. That's what happens when you go on Rogan for three hours and you're able to talk too much. Somebody could just pull out something and go, "Oh, he's an anti-vax," and run with it. You know, it's soundbite, and create the narrative. Um, the one thing I liked, uh, Rogan challenge that one doctor a hotez or whatever because 
RFK will be like, and I've heard him say this many times, nobody will debate me, nobody will debate me, says it with his voice, you know, no, nobody will debate me, uh, and no, nobody can rebut this, nobody, this is uh, unrebuttable. And so Rogan challenged the, the, the Hotez doctor who was saying, you need two shots of the vaccine and, and not two, not three, not four, five boosters, <clears throat> you know what I mean, to come on and he'll donate $100,000 to the charity of his choice. And they should do that. And, and again, the, the presidential candidates should now be using this these platforms as a debate stage because you can't trust CNN, you can't trust Fox. You, know, you can't trust the DNC and the RNC. So uh, I hope that this just continues to spark further discussion and people to buy and read books, right? Because that's what I got to do. I, I got to keep learning on, on these vaccines. I think another interesting thing that he uh, brought up was, you know, the um, Roundup. Remember the Monsanto yes, conversation yes. he had? And um, I, again, don't know if it's true or not, but if it is true, it's interesting how the Roundup was, I can't remember, what was the, what was the thing they put on the wheat? It's like... Uh, do you remember Ma what it was? What is it? No, I don't. It was glycos something or something? I don't, no, I, can't I don't know the names of these chemicals. I can't, I can't remember. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So what he said is that people there that Monsanto created a chemical that um, allowed wheat harvest to go later in, in without the molds. What happens if there's a lot of rain when you're about to harvest your wheat, the wheat will get moldy and it'll destroy your crop. And so what Monsanto created, uh, who was also, you know, Roundup, is the ability to put a chemical directly on the wheat around harvest time, which dried out the wheat. Spray it from up above, I think. Is it sprayed up from above? I thought it was yeah. on the ground. Anyway, it doesn't fucking matter. Um, that dried out the wheat and allowed them to extend the harvest. And now, but that, but this is the first time he says that the chemical was directly introduced into the wheat before, right before harvest and consumption, which then he tries to correlate that you'll, that's when we start seeing a rise in celiac a rise in, um, you know, other kind of uh, uh, food caused or, or, or originated diseases because of the, this chemical. I thought that was interesting. Um, I, he also said that the chemical turned the frogs gay. So, which, oh, which, 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 which basically, uh, you know, we thought Alex Jones was a conspiracy theorist. He said Obama turned the frogs gay. We have proof that the frogs were turned gay by Monsanto's. Anyway, for everybody who was listening to that is, is, is like, no. He said that this same chemical that is being put on the wheat, when it was exposed to frogs, like 20 or 40 of them, uh, they did all kinds of weird stuff when it came to their biology or physiology. Some of the frogs uh, turned both uh, female and male and was able to reproduce with themselves. Um, some of the frogs turned from male to female. Um, true or not true, it's wild, it's wild. Probably something we should, you know, look look into a little better. I, I read um, this activist. Her name is Dr. Vandana Shiva, and she's always she's from India. She's always railing against Monsanto. You know, not for this. Yeah, I know not, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, I'll continue to 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 read up on her and stuff. But that's the thing. People kind of inherently know that Pfizer only cares about money. Monsanto only cares about money. And so he's corralling that group. I'm sure some of what he's saying is is probably true or a grade of it is true, right? A degree, there's a degree of truth in everything he's saying on every issue. But, you know, there's a lot more nuance to it as well. You know, these, these companies, Monsanto and Pfizer, yeah, it's their goal to buy up their competitors, you know, to become a monopoly. 
But until they do that, they've got to compete against, you know, their opposition in, in creating vaccines, uh, in, you know, creating the culture of, of all this stuff that you're in the happy father's day. You are a father. Look, you're growing this stuff. <laughs> Thanks, man. And so, um, she's probably much better for me to read than him on, on that type and of. And these are all organic, by the way. There Air, you Air, go. Heirloom, no chemicals, my friend. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. But, but that's the thing. No, they don't teach this in school. You have to have an advanced degree to, uh, live at the level that, that he's at right now on that, on, you know, healthcare stuff. Um, chemical stuff, environmental stuff, nuclear gas, you know, all this stuff. And people want to hear it because people are pissed off. But that doesn't mean um, even most of what he's saying is true. So I, I just, um, I'm glad he's doing it. Uh, but I, I also think he's, I think he's vote stealing. And I think DeSantis is vote stealing as well. Because they're talking about people's issues. They're not necessarily giving you uh, fair education or truth on crypto on all this stuff, but they're talking about shit that people want to hear talked about and so that's I don't understand what you're saying there. Of course people are talking about what people want to hear. Yeah, but not Biden and Trump I mean Trump maybe well, of course did it. Is. No, Trump maybe. What are you talking about man? Tr I, don't, I, don't I don't understand where you're going with this. Honestly. I'm saying I have to, <laughs> no, I, I have to cut, cut in there explain. I'm saying if you're running for office You uh, you talk about what the people want to hear right. and, and the issues that are important to them and they're all doing that not Trump and Biden. I do not think that Donald Trump and, and Joe Biden are stepping out of line on anything. On any line of what? Just where are you? I, mean, at? I don't want to defend Trump or Biden, right. you know. But I, I mean, I, I think that's yeah. that's not 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 true. I mean, when it came to the CNN town hall that Trump did, that was very populist speak that he was talking. Yeah, um, I mean, and it, it was just it was honestly right on the money, especially with, with his. Um, out of every candidate right now is almost copying verbatim his position on Ukraine. I think Trump has come out for uh, not funding the war in Ukraine. He'll say ending the forever wars, but maybe he wants to go to war with China. You know, I think he's doing a dance just like Bernie's done before him. You know, just like this is what this is what it's the song popular from uh, that famous play like Wicked. You know, the, I don't know that it's in any of these candidates genes. Right. Trump was the president for four years, you know. It was Biden that that got us out of Afghanistan. You know, I don't know that Trump did put it put a stop or fight against the, the, the forever wars. You know what I mean? So and and he's right. There was a lot of sparking. Everything. His whole thing was about calls to Ukraine. That's why he got you know uh, impeached. You know, there's a lot of sparking of divide between us, Russia, Ukraine. You know, so if you're not if you're not really being diplomatic or, or you know, uh, a message of peace and love and anti-war, it's hard for me to buy what Trump is saying uh, about the Ukraine war. Now, they did ask him about January 6th. That's, I think they that's asked an about interesting pharma. statement because now you're, say, you're saying, I want to use my own biases to, to judge if you're being truthful or not. If you're not saying peace, love, and anti-war, then therefore I don't know if you're being truthful. Yeah. And I think that that's a weird bias that you just made as an argument. Fair enough. It, it, I am. I don't know, right? I am not a bureaucrat. I am not in any of these agencies. I just know, again, Biden, under Biden, we got out of Afghanistan, right? <clears throat> under Trump, I didn't I don't think the budget, I don't think the Pentagon budget, all these budgets, right, that we hold up the hold up the country for for 2 weeks to a month at a time sure. when they're doing these, I don't think the Pentagon budget went down under Trump any of those years. I think it's steadily no, but no, seized. No, of course not. Yeah, of you know, course. So 
it's hard for people, and I don't think people are buy, right now buying this prosecution. You know, I, I think relig the religion of Trump is somewhat failing. And um, I do, I would favor him. I'm a betting man. I think he'll win, you know, this primary. And I think he'll win against Biden or if somehow RFK does it. You know, I, I think Trump is the favorite. But I don't think you're seeing... Um, any January 6th type fervor, right? In Cleveland, we had a, an ex-teacher of CMSD get thrown in federal prison for 15 months for the January 6th thing. You know, I don't think you're seeing people picking up what he's putting down. Again, we saw that, that one clip about the viewer mad at CNN about bullshitting with him about fake issue. I wouldn't call it a fake issue, but not a future issue, right? January 6th, this is what you guys want to talk to him about for 15 minutes. You know, we want to talk about Pfizer. We want to talk about Ukraine. You know, we want to talk about restoring, uh, you know, wealth, uh, putting a stop to the wealth divide, helping the, the working class and the middle class, things like that. So I, I just don't think people believe anybody that's held power and Trump held power for four years, you know, so that's why I think DeSantis and RFK are going on these platforms, Twitter Spaces and Rogan, and they're swooping up votes as well. They should, they, you know, as well, they should, like you said. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I don't know why I want to argue with you about this, but I, I just want to argue fair. with you yeah. about it. I don't, I don't know if I'm just being a ornery little bitch this morning, no. but it, I, I just don't like the, the capitulation that just because somebody held office, we don't trust them. And it's, it's almost like we are perpetuating. At, the, at one point, we see that democracy is is. At the same time that we want to help change the system through the system that is, is there of democracy, of running for office, of going out there and being a sea of change, we say at the same breath that if you held office or if you are a politician, we can't trust you. So therefore, you're almost creating a, a, you know, a negative loop of you know, people who don't believe in the system. And, and I, don't, I don't know if that's honestly a conversation I like to have, to be honest with you, because, there, because you can believe your own truth, and these, these candidates can go out there, and, and I do believe that some of them are bought and sold by, by, by companies and billionaires and, and you know, special interests and so on and so forth. That is, that is there, but it does not mean that the system is so corrupt and broken we don't have good people in the system. And I don't want to paint every candidate as somebody who is part of a broken system and there are people there I, I i truly believe that are trying to work within the system to do their good oh again this is a big part of of lawrence lessig's um what do you call it when you have a group of books you know his, his progeny or whatever you would call it his, his writing maybe i'm naive is no no, no. I, I think everybody including you and i get in it for the right reasons i think everybody gets in it for the right reasons um Hopefully, hopefully, right? We want to hope that Trump and AOC, right, get in, get in it for the right, and Corey Bush, get in it for the right reasons. M Matt Deemer and Max Miller. But again, people, these anti-vaxxers, if you will, and by the way, uh, it really bothered me, uh, uh, the othering of anti-vaxxers. If, if you didn't want to take that vaccine... I 100% oh, agree with that. Yes, yeah, yes. 100%. But... It's, it's like one time we say we say it's like we say that we want bodily autonomy and then but you must take a vaccine. Exactly, it makes no sense. We we have to have personal freedoms when it comes to and that's what liberty really means. And let's, let's just bring it back to liberty means I'm able to make choices for myself. If you don't like them, it doesn't matter. It's my liberty. Right, exactly. And if you're scared 
of being within six feet of an anti-vaxxer. Then don't fucking go I mean, that, six feet of you, an anti-vaxxer. Then you have to act accordingly. Um, so, but when Trump came into office, he came in on a fervor of, of the opioid epidemic. And then these anti-vaxxers now, they see Trump as pushing out a vaccine early, <clears throat> early. That's just, that's just a fact. I've heard it from them. I'm, my, I come from Geauga County. I'm friends with a ton of Republican voters that do not have the vaccine. Sure. So now you have DeSantis who sued Pfizer. They sued Pfizer in Florida. They didn't do the, they shortened the lockdowns as much as any state, if you will. Um, and you have RFK who's written this book, right? Huge seller, huge bestseller book. And his, essentially he's talking about uh, being anti-vaccines for half of a Joe Rogan three-hour interview. So I'm just saying they've polled the population, right? The, these teams, they do internal polling. They know what people care about. And so, well, it just doesn't, again, I think, what, so you're saying that the RFK is, is using this talking point in order to drum, drum up populist, populism. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. It doesn't make sense. I, honestly, I still think it's his truth. I think that he's doing a, a poor job communicating it um, because, because here's the thing. He's going to lose the Democratic nom- nomination if he is uh, continuing down um, this path of being a lot, the Democrats allowing him to call him a nut job. He's an anti-vax nut job. That's what people are saying. You're running as a Democrat. You need Democrats to vote for you. Republicans, and I talk, and I spoke with a lot of people that are Republican that will not vote for him because they have to pull a, a Democratic ballot. And that means they're going to be classified as Democrats and they don't really want to vote for Democrats. They just want to vote for RFK. So he's not doing himself any favors. So I, I, so polling or not polling, I, I, I think that it's a, it would be a horrible strategy if that was his case because what he's doing is alienating the people that he needs to vote for him because the Republicans are not going to show up in mass numbers to defeat Biden and pull Democratic ballots in open in states where you are only allowed to do that. And not every state that you're allowed to, you know, pull a Democratic ballot. Any any candidate has a limited ability to capture 51% of a vote. So everything that you just said, I actually agree with. That being said, guess what? There's two other candidates, two other non-Biden candidates in the Democratic Party, Marianne Williamson and Cornell West. He's not, he's not a Democrat. He's running as a Green oh, Party. Oh, right, right, right. He's running as a Green Party. He, and so he's, he's going to get somebody, but he's not going to get anybody, you know? Well, but that, that's what I'm saying. It's like, but it's how not even a primary, get... so he's going to be in the general. So first of all, you have to get RFK to, to get to the general to have Cornell even have an impact. Uh, okay, forget about Cornell West for a second. Marianne Williamson. Sure. Because I, 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 I use this to try and kind of not disagree with what you're saying, but to look at it from another angle. How is Marianne Williamson going to get to 25% of the Democratic vote. She might be well to say, hey, Pfizer, uh, who are the other, Moderno, they bought the FDA, they, they, they implanted Fauci, you know, these vaccines, they have no liability, they face no liability, they didn't have to do strict testing, they rushed it out, and, and she would gain votes that way. She will not Democrat votes. Uh, I think she would gain some, dem- but then she would gain people who are ready to walk away from the system. Now we can bring in Cornell West, right? Why is he running? Because tons of Democrats are fed up with Democrats. Tons of Republicans are fed up with Republicans. So that's kind of why Trump won. Trump, his whole life was was like a Democrat, you know. So I just think these candidates, they really should only. I, I mean, I don't want to tell other people what to do. I'll tell you what I did, right? I got in 
because I thought I would have a unique message that the population agreed with. A unique message that the population agreed with. So I was the only candidate arguing for term limits. I think people want term limits. I was the only candidate saying you have to bring down these campaign donation limits. I think people do think that, hey, I only donate $25 if I like a candidate. Uh, Sherwin-Williams couldn't put $100,000 in a pack. You know what I mean? Things like that. Uh, I was the only candidate against the stadium subsidies, right? Giving the billionaires our money that own the sports teams. I think people agree with that. So why would you run if you don't have a different message than the people running that the population agrees with? And I think that's why RFK is in this race saying the things he's saying. Whether you agree, whether he's right about everything, whether me and you agree with him on everything, I think it's it's he's going after votes. I okay. So what we're talking about is RFK strategy, and I again think that RFK's strategy needs to pivot. And I think that Mary Marianne Williamson, if she was to do what you said to say anything, it's just bad, those are bad strategies. Because what what we want to do is you need to win a primary, and that's why people in all primaries either go far right or far left in the primary, and then they go to the middle in the general. That's how you win primaries because you're going to have, you're trying to get out the base. The base are the people who are going to vote in the primary, and an, a non-base message, uh, like anti-vax or or vaccine skepticism for a Democrat in a primary, is not going to win a primary. It's not it's not going to win a primary, and that's the whole point of it. And so you have to you you have to drill down a message that is uh, you know for the base that is louder than everybody else's and that is communicated better than everybody else's in order to get them out, you know? And so I just, I just, I just think that the strategy is, and that's just a traditional strategy. Now I understand what you're saying here. Yeah. And one of the thing is, um, what's his name? Is it Mark Marin or Mark Manson? I can't remember which one is, mm. is the writer who, of how not to give a fuck. Who wrote that book? I don't know that book. Okay, it's like how, it's like the, the subtle art of not not giving a fuck or whatever the book's name was. It's about Mark. Oh, Mary. that's the book that that Katie Porter was reading from in Congress. Yeah, I, I've seen the title of the book. I'm not familiar with. Yeah, the it's book. like Mark Manson or Mark okay. Marin. There's two two there, two of those guys exist. I can't. Really, okay. I always get confused. But he he put out a YouTube video about um six months ago that I thought was really good. Is like is like how do you succeed? Is one uh, create a um. Um, a conflicting message, something that is out of the mainstream. Two, make sure you're right. And three, work your ass off to execute on that message or that idea, or it's a contrarian idea. So, and I, and I thought that the way that he split that up is like exactly how people succeed because what he was trying to do is juxtapose this like all these people on YouTube or these self-help gurus or whatever. It's like, how, what, what, what are the patterns of these, you know, super successful people? And everybody's like, oh, you sleep, you know, seven hours a day and you wake up and take a cold bath and then you work out for a half hour. And then you meditate for 15 minutes and then you eat like this. And then you do this and, you know, whatever. Yes, and it's like, yes. it's complete bullshit. It's complete bullshit. You can, you can, you, you can eat like crap. You can sleep like crap. You can do these things. But you need, what you need to do is create a, a counterintuitive message. Make sure that fucking message is correct and execute. And that's what they do, and that's why you, why you see these people with these big companies is like let's just use Tesla. EVs will not succeed. He said EVs will succeed. He executed his ass off, and he was co correct because an EV is a damn good car, right? But well, Teslas are now really good cars, um, and and I, and I and I agree with that. So I agree with your saying what you're saying, but I think that it won't work with a Democratic primary if if he's using those three, I guess uh, models that I'm telling you, create a counterintuitive or or you know counterculture message got that 
and then making sure he's right. Which Don't is know not, about that. Which is not, which is not provable. <laughs> and, you're, but you're, and you're also going against the, the, the beliefs and the foundational beliefs of a party. Um, and, then you, point, and then you're executing. I think that, that he's not doing that correctly. Well, I, I okay. I, again, I do not disagree with you all. I don't know that him or Marianne Williamson has a path to 51% or the, the majority delegates. Let's call it that because they actually don't need 50. It's like an Obama, uh, uh, Hillary, Edwards type type race. They, if you can get 35% or 40%, but right. you would take home the, max, the, the majority of delegates. But I don't think that that pathway is there for, for anybody. Just being honest, you know... Everybody says something's impossible until it's actually done, and then okay, it wasn't impossible. Right. But um, I really like that. I'm going to check that book out. But um, I don't know that he's right about everything <clears throat> medical or environmental, or with his uncle on the and being anti-war, things like that. And so I think some people, many people, see through a lot of what he's saying, uh, energy policy, you know, whatever the case may be. But. <clears throat> um, I think, again, people want to hear this stuff. And, and so not everybody is going to be like, uh, he's wrong about this and that. They're, they're saying, again, that's how Trump and Obama come into office. You ride the populist wave. That's how Bernie did so well, <clears throat> so well the three years ago. So, well, both times Bernie did pretty well. But um, <clears throat> it's interesting. And I, I don't see how, what Marianne Williamson is saying right now that's any different than Biden, right? What's her message? At least he's got the counterculture part of what you're saying, right? Is he right? Don't know. Is he executing perfectly? Probably not, you know, but what she, why is she even running? You know what I mean? So, and I like her, I'm a fan of hers, you know, but what policy do you really differ than Biden on? Why aren't you not hammering? Neither one of these two are really hammering you know, Biden, Biden's been, had, had held these offices for 50 years. You know, he's right. had a lot of say in the decline of our happiness levels, the rise in deaths of despair, the opioid epidemic. Biden's been here this whole ride. You know what I mean? And that's why Trump, I, I think Trump won on an anti-establishment message, you know, and I think he's better at it. To your point, Trump's been better at it than RFK. Mm. So... I just saw a chipmunk jump up into that car from underneath. Oh my god! And so it's like just hanging out in the in the bottom of that car. <laughs> I don't know where it went. I wonder if it lives in there. And like just kind of rolls. Oh, he just popped out. There he is. He's gonna jump back in. Like what is he doing? That's amazing. That's wild, man. He's just getting some exercise. That's wild. Um, yeah, we can harp on this for a, for a while. Right. I, I mean. It's very hard. That's the problem with party politics is like the parties have already set their agendas and it's like who's going to scream their agenda um, louder than everybody else, you know, in, in, in a more effective way. And um, I like or hate RFK Jr. I just don't think that he's doing it for a primary election, you know, and I know he's speaking his, his truth, but sure. Um, Francis Suarez jumped into the race for the, on the Republican side. He's the mayor of um, Florida. And um, I think that's, that's interesting. Again, why are people jumping in the race? He has no chance of winning. Um, again, I know we don't like to... Me cut, and cut, you, man. We, we went we, down we, that road. We don't like to cut people off before they uh, you know, jump in the race. He has no chance of winning. But you know what I think he is doing is putting his name out there because he wants DeSantis in a spot as governor. Okay. And so he's popping in the race. Um, he was a very, he's a pretty successful mayor of Miami. Um, Pretty moderate Republican. Um, 
Yeah, well, let's see how, how he fares in, in this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, the beautiful part about this is that it seems like we're having contested, seems like, not 100% positive, seems like we're having contested primaries where all the non-incumbents, and I'm, I'm referring to Trump as an incumbent, even though he's out of office. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> the non-incumbents are like, you're pro-democracy, why won't you debate me? You're pro-democracy, why don't you debate me? You know, uh, and so... I do think that undresses Biden and Trump. I mean, we've seen your opponent refuse to debate you, right? Uh, that happens quite a bit. Tim Ryan. Well, in all, in all honesty, he, we were invited different places. He, he refused to show up. I've never asked him to debate because okay. I, I always think that's that's a weak move for candidates to do. We need debates. I think it's weak. I, to well, demand debates from the from from the underdog candidate? Yeah, I think so. I think it's weak. But that's going to keep you an underdog. Nah. No, you need debates. Nah. You no. need debate, or else we don't have democracy. It's, it's kind of, you have, it's uh, kind of like it's kind of like when Morgan Harper was always saying, like Tim Ryan, debate me, debate yeah. me, debate me, and it's just like he's ignoring you because he's the front runner. Right. And he so has all the money and and all the name play recognition. That game. And what she what she should have done is double down on getting getting her name out there more and just and and corner Tim Ryan on, on messaging and but not but so what you're doing is basically. It's kind of like begging somebody for acknowledgement. And if yeah. you beg somebody for acknowledgement, you already lost the, lost the race, no, in I, my opinion. I disagree. I did numerous debates. These debates are not for you, and they're not for your opponent. They are for the people that want to hear these topics spoke about. People want to know that debates are happening because they want to believe in democracy. But yeah. poli- but but research shows that debates don't even yeah. m- budge the needle of who's, who's people going to vote for. They just want to see that their people are there going to say the same shit that they, they're supporting them anyway. Well, I... I, I Again, we do not have a perfect system. I actually agree with what you just said. And this said. goes back into to the three-hour Rogan things. Like that's how a debate should. None of the state should all get three hours with with, yeah. with, with CNN. Sit fucking uh, Marianne and um, you know uh, RFK together on Rogan and talk. Well, and we talk about this with your for three hours. Your old campaign four hours campaign uh, manager, Aaron. Was that his name? Yeah. Like I think the candidate should at least have to submit yes or no answers on standardized questions, you know, so I know where you stand on Ukraine, you know, and if you want to, if you want to elaborate, you have the chance to elaborate, but would you, you know, deep, would you stop sending money to Ukraine? Or would you say, I would limit my, the money, the taxpayer dollars that I would submit to this amount, but this should be, everybody should line up on issues and show people where you stand because people do want the forever wars ended, right? So that that's because you're right, right? We had a 20-person Democratic primary last time around. Mm-hmm. You could argue Joe Biden did the worst of the 20. You could argue Joe Biden did the worst of the 20. Oh yeah, no, he was he was not right. Stellar by any means of it. Right now, you could argue, and I think Trump and his voters would argue this that in, back in 2016 they had a, a 16-person debate or something like that. Maybe it was 20 as well. You could argue Trump did the best of it, but. Really, it was very easy for Trump to say, I've been out of this. Y'all are lifelong politicians. People don't like you. I can buy I can buy you as I have done. I've donated to Democrats. I've donated to you, you know, things like that. That was a very unique situation with a, uh, a national figure who's had name recognition for many decades going against kind of these puppet politicians that everybody pretty much hates, you know, so... Uh, you know, I think we, we would have wished Bernie and Yang and maybe Williamson and, and some of these people to do better, Tulsi, to do better against Biden. But there was always kind of a, 
uh, worry and an understanding of those of us who follow politics that, hey, Biden was the vice president for eight years. Biden will have Biden will have CNN support, the Atlantic support, right. you know, the, the, the large New York Times, the large things that say who's uh, who's heading us in the right direction versus who's a wacko. Right. Marianne Williamson, <laughs> things like that. And so uh, these debates are manipulated. They are theater. That's true. But they need to be talking to us as much if we want to say, hey, they work for us, right? Our tax dollars pay. We're supposed to decide the direction of policy in this country. They all need to be talking to us a lot more, whether it's in the debate form or the Rogan form or something no, else. I, I agree with that. And see, see, my issue with saying that everybody needs to debate and is, is okay, everybody needs to, to debate. And I, I agree. You should set candidates, and I don't want to call it debate. Because I hate the word debate because it means that you're going to be um, confrontational. And I, I, if you're having a discussion on, on policy, there should be a, a conversation where people are allowed to agree and disagree with each other. It, basically, that's what a conversation is. You're trying to discover. And you're basically, and when you have a debate in modern times or contemporary debates, it's you're just trying to be anti this person and say your message to get your zingers in for your social media and your ticky tackies or whatever it is, right? So people should discuss. And that's why we, I think we both agree that if we're going to have a presidential debate or a conversation, they should sit down for the four or five hour podcast or whatever and just really get through the, the nuances and see where they disagree and, and agree. What I was wa just wanted to say, again, is I agree that we need to have debates. I agree that people should be discussing and the more information out there for the people to decide is better. However, as a strategy for a ca campaign, I think that asking the front runner to debate is weak, and and that's why I just want to explain yeah. that I, I don't, don't want I don't want everybody to say like oh you're anti debate no right, right I am anti if you are the candidate that is looking like you're going to be not the front runner in a primary or in a general and you keep saying why won't he debate me why won't he debate me it's you're basically trying to to you know beg for validation yeah and and if you you have to earn that validation and if you can't earn that validation where that where that person your opponent says oh, I think it's time for me to acknowledge this person, then you're, you have already basically lost. No, I, and I think as somebody who, I think I got like 1.6% of the vote, I did a bunch of debates. I did a shitload of debates. Um, I think the worry is in a country with such great wealth divide at this point, with two machines who many people are starting to argue it's not two machines. It's not the extremely powerful DNC and RNC. It's really kind of one machine. Like you've got Elon Musk who will donate to, to candidates from both sides of the aisle. So it's like, well, but you're telling us they're, they're, you're telling us that they oppose each other on all kinds of stuff, but that you have the most wealthy, you know, donating to both equally. Maybe you just have one powerful machine and it's hard for the us's of the world and the Morgan Harper's of the world to stand on fair ground, get a fair chance to get your message out. You know, if you only can rely on the wealthiest of the wealthy to help you send out mailers and get, have your connections in the media and things like that. So, um, no, I understand what you're saying. I, I think you're you're done. Debate should just happen because they should, they should have, happen because they yeah. happen. Yeah, not because somebody is you know begging for right. the other person to debate. And I think that's just yeah, that's right. not the that's not the way to go. Um, what else do we have to talk about? We basically just spent all day talking about RFK and, and the presidential, and there's not much anything else to talk about. We have more on the list. You know, you had had previously said, why, why is Cornell West with this, this People's Party, which 
None oh, yeah, of us, now you flip the green, yeah. Yeah, none of us know much about, and do we know about the ballot access situation? So I don't know that he flipped. I think yeah, he's, he definitely flipped, and he said he said it on uh, on the, uh, on the K- clip K- I sent. Yeah, the Kitty Helper uh, clip that you sent. He said that he said we needed ballot access. Yeah. And to be perfectly honest, that shows his inexperience, um, and um, you shouldn't have ran in with the People's Party in the first place. But I didn't take that to I didn't take that to mean that. I think he's trying to be the candidate of the. People's Party and the Green Party and any other of these non-democratic, for that's the way I took that. I maybe I could be wrong, right? And it's up to him. Like you're talking about his inexperience. He's not a politician. He's a philosophy prof- professor. Um, that is up to him to to do better to explain as, as we go on. But uh, I took it as, hey, the People's Party needs a non-democrat, non-republican candidate. The Green Party needs the. I'm sure there's other third parties, right? Oh, yeah. Beyond just being an independent, right? Uh, and I think he's out here saying, "I'd like to earn the Green Party's candidacy," you know, as Ralph Nader and Joe <coughs> Stein right. and them has done. Right. You know? And that's what exactly he said. It and said is he wants to earn it and he wants yeah. to be the candidate and see if he can't get the support of the Green Party. Um, I thought it was it was a strategic misstep to come as a you know the People's Party. We spoke about it last week. Oh, what about the ballot access? What about um, why, why is he not aligning with a stronger third party if any of them? And obviously, one week later, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Or I, maybe I messed up. Let me be a Green Party. Then it's like a, a, a novice at politics could have told you that you were fucking up there. Unless he was really trying to promote, and what we said last week, is were you trying to promote the People's Party up and elevate that in the eyes of a, third par- a potential powerful third party? He flipped. That wasn't the case. Strategic mess up. Um, they just, now it's just, uh, you know, goes to the point of why are you running as a green party and not just be just going in a, as a Democrat. And I don't, I don't understand that now as well. I, I can understand if you were founding the green party, if you were a Nader and this was like, literally the green party was your platform, you know, and, and that's why, you know, and you basically created the platform or it's kind of like Andrew Yang running for the Ford party. The Ford party is his fucking party at this moment. Um, so he wouldn't run as a Democrat, but this is like, I don't understand what he's doing. Well, I think just like you can like him or you can like him as much as you want. Right. But right. He's, I think he's strategically just kind of lost. But that's, that is, um, kind of a nuanced, uh, you know, I've done politics. I had a campaign manager type truth. I'm not saying it's not true, but Donald Trump broke the mold on the, right. You're seeing RFK try and, but, do, he, ran like, as a, but he, has a, he ran as a Republican. Right. But everything he did was... Uh, something of a political novice, right? And, and people want to see um, a non-traditional, non-traditional politicians at this people point. People want tra- non-traditional politicians, but they also, but they also need it to be based in some kind of. Look, I mean, that's why you have the RFK. That's why you do to have the Trump, and that's why you know even even Barack Obama, he right. won, he, he won true. as a non-traditional, you know, candidate. He came from fucking nowhere. It's very true. Um, but at the same time, they chose. This is the basis of trying to win something or make of it. It's like you're going to choose Democrat or Republican. And if you don't choose Democrat or Republican, you at least have to double down and have a strategic plan of how you're going to, how and why you are choosing the party or, the, or that you're running with. If you're an independent, you're running because you are going to oust both parties and you're trying to get the populist vote um, that want to break away from the, the, the two-party system. If you're running as a Green Party, you're standing on the foundation of the Green Party uh, platform. If you are, or the People's Party, 
I don't see that from him. I I, I don't see I that just, from I don't see that from him, and I don't think that he understands why he chose the Green Party. No, but I just disagree with looking at it through this lens at all. Uh, like again, I don't disagree with what lens the political oh of winning. Yes, yes. The you lens don't of have winning. To do it to win. No, no. no. <laughs> yes, you, you run. No, to you win. don't. No, you run to win. As somebody or, who got crushed, I disagree completely. You run to win, or you are trying to elevate yes. something for elevate something or a conversation. And yes. again, I did not see why he's doing this yet because he didn't understand what he where he was even running that's what i'm saying forget about so what the it, party so, thing fine so just like you said with marianne williamson yeah. why is she running what's the platform how is it different than biden what the fuck is he running for he's, and how is he different i haven't heard shit from him oh well first of all you have to follow him pre i'm a politician okay <clears throat> this, this is again oh, come on that's the same thing as saying uh, marianne williamson don't don't, yeah. don't don't negate your own argument for the guy no, no, i'm gonna get to read it read her fucking it's books on, then yeah, no that's, that's but silly. his platform is on his website and he just got in 10 days ago you know he just got in rfk's been in for months he just got in so he needs to go on rogan right to do what you're asking him to do he needs but i've been following him a long time he just got in 10 days ago i'm sure him and his campaign managers just like trump and and trump's family members ivanka you know what i mean they're not these lifelong politicos you know so He's going to make mistakes in the vein of, well, this is what you would want to do if you want to be Joe Biden. He doesn't want to be Joe Biden. He is trying to. He doesn't want to be Joe Biden or beat Joe Biden? He doesn't want to be Joe Biden. Okay. Of course, they all want to beat Joe Biden. If you're entering, you would like to win. But life and and your message is a career-long message, whether you're Martin Luther King Jr., Gandhi, uh, whoever, whoever the fuck. And so you do not have to get in to win. You do not have to get in to win. And he, he I'm sure, he, I truly believe he'll be the only one with kind of uh, anti-neoliberal policies, you know, anti-wealth-divide policies, anti-war policies. Um, that, now, he won't probably touch Big Pharma. He may not touch that, you know, just like Marianne Williamson. He, there's going to be certain things he's bad on or he doesn't know about or are not things he's looking to promote or drive the discussion on. But... He is anti-poverty. He's anti-imperialism, uh, colonialism, <clears throat> things like that. Uh, Anti-police brutality. He's going to have a message that is different than every other candidate. I promise you that because I've followed him his whole life. Now, he just got in a week and a half ago. Just got in. Give him a chance. Get The way we would ask people to give us a chance when we ran, give him a chance. I mean, sure. Sure. Okay, I mean, I'm not, I'm not dis, I'm not disqualifying anybody. I will give everybody a chance, and I want to hear what they have to say. I just don't know what he's doing. I, you, well, he, I just don't understand. Like he's just out the gate. It's it seems sloppy and haphazard, and 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 honestly, not well thought out. And it's just like, it's like, yeah, I want to give the guy, you know, a chance. But if he's already coming out the gate, you know, stumbling and kind of confused, like it's like opening the door. He's like, hey, where am I? What's going on here? Nobody and it's wants like, to be here. Politics sucks. It's like it's like man, you you said you're running for president and you don't even know where the hell you're standing at the at, at, as soon as you jump into the race. It's just like it's like what are you doing, dude? That, that it's like and that's it, it, one way to look at I it. I think it's just and here's what I, the way I'm looking at it is is disappointing because a lot of people really respect the guy. Yes. I don't know much about him, but a lot of people really respect the guy. And then he comes out and I'm like, "Oh, okay. Let's find a new voice, a new direction within this conversation. This is the guy go oh he doesn't even know where he is where are you where are you where are you uncle west what are you doing he's entering american politics which which is rough and complicated and nuanced and all that 
horrible stuff. But one of the big criticisms of RFK and Marianne Williamson from both groups of voters, from both people who largely vote Democrat, from people who largely vote Republican is, why are you running on the DNC? The DNC is corrupt. They fuck Bernie. Like we've seen this dance with, with the Clintons, with Biden. Why are you running as a Democrat? There's a lot of that out there. Sure. There's a lot of that out there. I mean, but he is a Kennedy. I mean, kind of like. Right. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not here to say who's right, who's wrong. But when you're coming after primary votes right now, a big appetite in this country is third party. People are ready to vote third party. People they are, just people are. are. They just are. We do, but we need it. And this is the thing. And I guess this goes back to what I was saying about West, what I was saying about all these different, you know, third party, you know, these candidates that are fringe, that are, I don't want to say fringe, uh, that these are coming out to be, you know, try to break the political party, you know, power structure. Um, we, people are ready for a third party, but they need people to, a third party to take the job seriously. Yeah. And uh, again, you're gonna need somebody really special, man. You're gonna yeah. need somebody that's you know very charismatic and go out there with a with well funded and, and just come out there and really you know tr kill it. I mean, people want to have right. so, have a have a choice, but because it hasn't been Nader and Jill Stein, you know what I mean? We haven't had it, you know, and and it's really hard when you're up against that organized machinery and the big money, you know. And so, you're exactly right. This is this is a challenge of all challenges, you know. I. I felt like I undertook a challenge. I'm, I'm sure you did too. When you're out every day, whether it's as a candidate or getting petition signatures for an issue, it's really hard to yell into the void and be like, trust me or trust this. It's going to help us. It's going to help us. You know what I mean? So, uh, but I think Cornell West, props to him and more people, J Jill Stein, Ralph Nate. At this point, people are ready to tell those two parties no way, no way, no how will I give you my allegiance anymore, you know, until I see change, until I see change. Uh, but at the same time, people are saying that I'm, I'm sick of, I don't want to give you my allegiance anymore, but they also don't have anywhere else to, to look and turn. And uh, the other options that they have are not clear or loud enough or concise or um, organized or, or organized and not even organized. Um, yeah, we'll say organized to go out there and give people a confidence that if I abandon this, that we can actually make this third party happen. And what people are feeling, and this is this is why they'll stick with whatever respective party, is if I abandon the Democratic Party, the Republican will win. Yes. If I abandon the Republican Party, the Democrat will win. There is no confidence that if I support this third party, that I won't get the things I don't want anyway. And this is not leading to change. This is leading to a further doubling down on the power uh, that is embedded in yeah. the two-party system because I now left this, and this is very this, well it, said. Very and well this said. is kind of what what I what we've been what we've been saying in past episodes. It's like people when they get pissed off at the two parties or or the, or the democ or democracy, and we keep perpetuating that this is a um, that the system is not working for them, and this corruption, and people just remove themselves from participation. That is just you know further doubling down on the power in, that is embedded with the two parties. And I think that that's another, that's another fear. It's like, oh, I'll vote independent. Well, what's happening there? Or, you know what, I hate both parties. I'm not voting anymore. Oh, well, then what's happening? Is you're actually just giving them more power instead of, you know, trying to take it away. So uh, it's, I, it's I, kind of a big trust fall because like uh, what you're saying is, hey, people vote lesser evil politics. 
and you're sure exactly you're sure that trump is the worst of the worst so you gotta vote for biden and and from all that the republican side of it you're sure that biden is the most corrupt bureaucrat of all time and i'm not going to give my vote to a third uh, nader stein west because i just want biden to lose i just want trump to lose that that we have lesser evil kind of fear-mongering uh, we don't, it's not, they're not arguing, hey, the minimum wage should be raised by this much or this much. Hey, your benefits should, you know, social security and retirement should, you know, we should gain on those. We should make gains on those. It's all who's going to take them away or how's things going to get worse, you know? And so we do have lesser evil politics where you don't want to waste your vote. I'm done seeing it through that paradigm. I mean, you know, look, people are really, really wanting to have a third party, but here's what the third party has to do is they have to organize in a way to get ballot ac access in 50 states. Um, and then once they do that, they have to get candidates to run on that party and, you know, really try to, you know, make inroads. Though The way that I feel that the only way this works for a, a significant third party is they make alliances with can potential um, front-running candidates from either party, the Democrats, Republicans, you know, all across the country. Uh, say, let's just say it's the Ford Party, right? Um, and I keep mentioning the Ford Party because I, I, I know them quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, but what they need to do is they need to, the Ford Party needs to approach different candidates that they see are, are front runners. And they say, okay, you're the Republican candidate that's a front runner. Uh, you're going to win. Do me a favor. We will support you. If you win, change the Ford Party when you're in office. I don't know if that's legal or illegal or whatever. Oh, I think it is. Uh, I, think, I think it is too because I know people that drop it and mm -hmm. become independent. Um, but you change. And then do the same thing with Democrats and, and, and try to get a coalition of people in Washington that are going to caucus with the Ford Party. Um, and if you can get a significant amount, and I'm talking like, you know, a couple dozen people to win and then flip in Washington, then you have something. You, but I think that we're never going to see inde independence in significant numbers and third party candidates in significant numbers win as an independent or third party ticket. You got to get them to flip in Washington. And you got to give them support, and that's the, that's the other thing is once you flip, you have automatically probably lost your seat, you know. Right. right. And so it's like, hey, you know what? For I'm the machinery in the next reelection. Right. The Democrats yeah. can come out and be yeah. like, oh no, well I'm a Democrat. That, that was a traitor. Yeah. Vote for me. So, Ford Party, are you going to pledge a million, two million, three million dollars on that race and that person and that, that that horse to make sure that they win that congressional seat or that or that Senate seat or whatever? Probably not. You probably don't have those resources. Um, and, and how are you going to have enough people in Washington to caucus with them so you have leverage to get the things that you want done and also show the support outside when you're running for re-election um, within the state and within Washington? Again, these are, the, these are the things that I think that, you know, you have to really... This, I think that's the only way forward for, for a um, third party. I See, I'm going to kind of disagree with you on that. Like, I, in spirit, it, it's not incorrect, but what I would say is... These people that want the third party, that are done with the two parties, they're really kind of done with the two the, the, done with the two parties for policy purposes, as opposed to the religions, right? Because one thing Rogan and many people are talking about at this point, well, Democrat Party, like it's largely just a religion. It's like you know, you believe in whatever they tell you to believe. You put the emojis up that you're supposed to put up. Huh. You follow the message, and, and then same thing with the Republican Party. So I think a lot of the people yeah, that want, geez. want, yeah, yeah, you follow the, the blue wave. Yeah, you a domino. <laughs> you're a domino, right? The leader puts it up, then you put it up, and the next domino falls. It's kind of like a church or a religion. 
And so, but I think what a lot of these voters want that are ready to just vote against Republican Democrat is they do want the forever wars ended. You know, so for Cornell West or, or, or Andrew Yang to then, let's say, come in line with a DeSantis-like figure or a local leader figure, well, that local leader had better be using his platform to speak out against the forever wars. You know, so I think you're right. I just don't think anybody that wins in big money elections under the D or R ticket um, is allowed to speak out against, you know, uh, the forever wars, big pharma, you know, whatever the issue may be. They, they have an allegiance. They have a religion. Well, you, you see, that's the thing. You don't have to. You don't have to speak out against that. But you do have a backdoor conversation with, you know, the heads of these parties. And you, and you see if you can't find an alliance. If somebody is running that is going to be the front runner and they do want to see a third party or try to break down the traditional structures, then you, you run as a Republican or a Democrat at, on their party lines. You win. You lie, basically. You, and then you flip it in Washington. You flip it in Washington. Um, and, you, and then you run, uh, run against, against the system. I mean, that's the only way to fucking do it. And it's not lying. I, I wouldn't say... I wouldn't if you know you're going to switch... You're saying I'm a Democrat. Uh, support me as your Democratic candidate, and then you and then you say all the things they say. Sure, it's lying. It, it is kind of lying. I, I'm not. I'm not sure. saying. Um, you know, Kirsten Cinema has now done this, right? Um, well, she was. I, mean, I think. Yeah, exactly. She did do this, and yeah. yeah I, 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 I don't want to call it lying. I think it's just maybe it is lying. Who gives a shit? Honestly, it's certainly some form it's of de deceit. deception. It's it some is some uh, form of deceit. It is, and and you know, but th I think that's that is the only way to do it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not disagreeing with it as a and the reason and the reason and then people say, well, why don't you just run as it? And because yes, you, you first of all, I don't think you're gonna win. Um, in general, say if there's you know, you know, 400 plus you know congressional seats up, you and if you win one, fine. But what is one gonna do in Washington? Nothing. No, absolutely nothing. Yeah, even if you're the president, forget about the 435 House seats. What is one? Green Party or Independent, you're gonna do. You will have no. You're you will have, never get a budget passed. You will never. But you will have the platform. And you're gonna have to caucus with somebody. You're gonna have yeah. to caucus with the Democrats or Republicans. You're gonna vote with vote with one of them. You might be voting both of them. But th th that's the thing. Is 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 like you're gonna get. You're basically gonna be nobody. You're gonna have no way to get anything done in Washington. Yeah. Um. And so, in the next, and then two years later, even if they did win, they're gonna be out. Yeah. Right. No. 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 Uh, um. It's a very, very, very nuanced, complicated problem. I, it's well thought out. It's, it's well thought out. Uh, but like what you're saying about the forward party, right? I know here locally, I've had the working families party, you know, uh, reach out to me for advice on this or that. You know, so that there are, again, we haven't seen an independent party get 5% of the vote because once you get 5% of the vote uh, nationally, you're, you uh, get the right to like federal funding at equal amounts of I guess the other parties, if you want to do, you know, Obama went against the public funding, but there's, there's a certain amount of funding you're allotted if you can achieve 5% of the, of the vote nationally. I know that, um, but you're exactly right. I mean, people are fed up with the two parties, how you, how you manipulate the maze, the machinations of it is very, very complicated and nuanced. And if you are one, you are nothing basically in Washington, but you would have the platform You say, eh, I'm anti-war. Whoever wants to come with me, come with me. You know, I mean, I, here's my budget proposal for the Pentagon. Who's coming with me? You know, and I do think you would get some, but not many, not many. I, I, I mean, again, if you don't have, if you don't have the numbers, you can say all, all this that you want to say, but if people are going to not support you, then it doesn't really matter. Um, I mean, you can do it to try to get that out there, but then again, it's, 
it's the platform. Um, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good, good, good. Good. But, um... Interesting stuff. Is that, is that all we have to talk about today? Uh, I know we had the Ohio budget on there, that passed, you know, uh, defunding a, public, you know, wealth divide, defunding the public good. I mean, that, people know what they're getting when, when these people do that. I can't remember what else was on there. We have a, we have, the, we have a lot of stuff on here, but, you know, we already yeah, went an hour Yeah, if we went half. along, yeah, let's end it. We can keep that stuff on there or find new stuff. Uh, but the budget, the Ohio budget did pass the Senate, and it's going to be in the House, and I think it's going to get, you know, kind of, you know, messed around with. Um, I don't think it's going to pass the House directly, but um, without without some finagling from, you know, the people in the house. And then, you know, even if it goes to the governor's office, he has line item. Uh, so we'll see what actually makes it through. So it, it, I, I, what do you think about the, the proposed? Here's the thing. You know, I always, I always think that it's kind of interesting that we... Whenever you do budgets... You have these different ideologies, and it's obviously the two parties talking about things we need to fund and things we don't need to fund. And there's really no studies done. It's just basically a bunch of people willy-nilly going in there and arguing about how, how we want to spend money. And then you, and then with this willy-nilly arguing how you want to spend money, um, we're, there, people make these grandiose claims about how it's going to either improve the economy or improve people's lives or things like that with absolute no fucking research done. There's no research or, to make, uh, back up any claims. Um, I was on a pre in a presentation about this bill um, with uh, Policy Matters, and they were talking about why did uh, Intel get you know two billion dollars to build an Intel plant in Columbus, and because and you know everybody came out and said you know uh, because you know, we're going to create this many jobs, it's going to put this much money into the economy. This is nobody actually did a, 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 a survey or research on it. Sure, there was never a study done that that gave uh, quantifiable numbers of how the intel plant is going to you know affect the local community and why they came up with the number of x to give to intel to come here in tax breaks or cash or whatever and i think that's just it's just weird I'll, it's just weird i it's not weird it's, it's honestly fucking criminal corrupt yes i'll go a step further i i agree with everything you just said but i'll even go a step further when Amazon is saying, hey, we're trying to build our Amazon 2 headquarters. Uh, every city, give us your proposal. Uh, Sherwin-Williams, the stadium fundings. Then they even go a step further and create bullshit expert study propaganda. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I come from civil court, right? Uh, the Justice Center, I had numerous trials, uh, numerous settling of cases. And you can get an expert lawyer and economist to say, to just say about whatever right. you want them to say right. to say whatever you and it's really sad and, and so you know this get back to our first talk about rfk and how i don't know that much about energy policy i don't know the medical terminology with vaccines and things like that um not only are they not doing the research they're paying people to just say this is going to create this much jobs. This is going to flood this much money into the economy. Right. And so uh, it's a really dastardly time. And uh, <laughs> I couldn't agree more with everything you said. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's just like, and, and I think common sense for people says, oh, hey, Intel wants to build a chip, uh, semiconductor plant. Where is it going to be? Oh, fuck, come to Ohio, please, right? I mean, so just 
in, in, instantly we understand that that does create jobs, that does create revenue, that does create, you know, um, you know, more money coming into the system and communities and people can open bars and restaurants because of all these people there and yada, 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 and hotels. And so we understand that. But we but if you're not actually putting qualified, quantifiable numbers to it and understanding like how this how the money that we're putting out and how it's going to come in and, and whatever. And we're not actually doing the due diligence of actually seeing how economically viable this is or prosperous or a detriment to our economy. It, it's just, it's just irresponsible. And and that's kind of like what I see with this budget. This budget is like, what is it? $85 billion. It's like something like 83, 85, $87 billion, something like that. When I look at the numbers and I look at the reasoning and I look at the, the policies, I don't see any rhyme or reason why they're doing this, but saying like, we want to cut entitlements or we want to cut this or we need to balance this or whatever. It's like, but what is that actually going to do? Is that actually going to save us money? Are we going to be in a surplus? Uh, is, are we going to be, you know, bring in different you know companies because because our taxes are lower, lower, which is going to actually give us more money because more people are going to move in. Um, there's no there's no studies behind this. And I just feel that it's completely irresponsible of the way that we spend people's taxpayer dollars. It's just completely irresponsible. You need a check and balance on this that analyzes opportunity cost. That is the big, again, like what you're saying, okay, if, if, if we give Amazon $2 billion, or uh, uh, Intel $2 billion to create all these factories and chip making jobs and the administrative jobs, secretaries, the legal jobs, all the jobs that comes with it, bringing this employer here, setting up shop, of course it's gonna create jobs. Of course it's gonna put money in those employees' pockets to then spend in the economy. But was it the optimal usage of that two exactly. billion dollars? What's the opportunity cost? Exactly. You know, and exactly. so could we have just given our current residents this two billion dollars? And I think that it's unfair when we when we hire people or elect people to go into either, you know, state legislature or, you know, US Congress, um, we kind of a it's weird that they get all the the power to spend this money when their backgrounds are overwhelmingly like for for they're lawyers. A lot of people are lawyers. A lot lawyers. of lawyers. A lot of lawyers. There's a lot of damn lawyers. There's yeah. a lot of you know you know stuff like that. And it's like when did you become the business or or finance expert when you went to school for for law? Like I understand why you're making laws, but and trying to discuss those, but we we don't have the <clears throat> we have a lot of people that are out, outside of their skill set doing the things doing things that they don't really know anything about or how to actually think sure. of this in a, you know, per, you know, in, in that way. And I don't know what the best optimal way to do that would be that is, is, is there some, some way to hire a CEO that everything has to run through? I guess that's the governor, but is the governor actually the best to, you know, talk about financial, you know, budgets and stuff like that? Maybe not. Maybe it's more of a humanitarian. And I just don't understand like how, how we expect, to protect our to protect our value and grow it you just protect our, t our tax dollars from not getting spent uh, willy-nilly and on, on weird things um right because just and it's just because we don't have the the skill set needed in there i'm not saying that everybody doesn't have the skill set but you might have one or two but that doesn't mean that you know they can actually we have been on a long path whether it's republicans at the state level democrats at your your local city level of transferring dollars meant for the public good, public transportation, public schools, whatever the case, public parks, transferring money, tax money meant to go to the public good to private private businesses. 
and I don't see it ending anytime soon. You do need kind of like a civilian, almost volunteer group of economists and, and maybe entrepreneurs, right, from let's say neighboring states, right? Like we need a group in Michigan to check what, we're, what these guys in Ohio are doing. Or, you know, you need a, an in-state group as well, but you need checks and balances to stop the defunding of our public good that our tax dollars is meant to be going to under the guise of let's give your money to Intel and they're going to improve the public good because they're going to create these jobs. That's I, bullshit. I, I, I agree. Now, now it might, it might increase the public good, right. but we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know. For, and you can't take them at their word for it. Yeah, exa exactly. Yeah. You're just, you're just tossing money to Intel. Yeah. I mean, and I, I wish somebody would come out with something that says, you know, and the, the fact that, this guy, this guy acknowledges acknowledged that not one study was done to understand where they got that number from or whether they're actually going to get back. It shows that it's complete bullshit. Mm -hmm. It's know? kangaroo court. It's all it's 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 ridiculousness. So. All right, Ross. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, man.